Welcome to the Don't Die Podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. All right, and here we're back. We're back. And this is going to be a happy episode. What? We ended the last episode trying to talk about how I met the hippie woman that's in the movie. So... So there is, if you haven't seen it, there's a movie about me that it's just, the only weird thing about that movie is I don't die at the end. Almost all documentaries like that, the person's dead. So I got to tell a funny story about that. So, so it's called Bob and the Monster. There it is. Rehabs play it a lot and stuff. And, and it's a, it's really, you know, it's weird for me, but it's flattering and neat. And it's mostly about my friends and all of us and, and then how we all got sober and ma- mainly based around mine. So, so, <laughs> so, so that was playing at the New York film. So Elijah's my older son, right? And so he lived yeah. through all that. So right. he was, and he was in the movie and, and it's very poignant. And, and so he came out on the fe- film festival tour, right? He, he was in Toronto. He was in New York, right? And in the New York one, we're like, because you got to do a bunch of interview press and whatever about the documentary, right? And then we're walking in, and he goes, we're like outside the doors where the people are going to go walk in and see the movie. And I was walking in, and he goes, Dad, you're not going to sit and watch it again, are you? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, yeah, um, like Gibby's here yeah, and everybody's here. It's my movie. <laughs> I'm in it. It's great. My my son who knows me better than just about everybody goes, you are such a fucking narcissist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends. How much did you like it? (laughs) I like watching people's reaction to it. Because I was watching with Gibby, who's an old friend of mine, and he's in it too. And and just like that he was really... Because it's our life. It's all of our lives. It's Mike's life. Mike's Mike's a train wreck. (laughs) Mike Mark. Mike Mike Mark, our wonderful... Producer of the Don't Die podcast. <laughs> it's a miracle you're alive, Mike Mart, judging by that. Thank you. But anyways, so so how I met the hippie woman that's in the movie right. is that DUI that I told the story in the last episode. Okay, okay. So I had to go to drunk driving school for that, right? And the counselor woman was this hippie woman. She had crystals and whatever and... and uh, and my girlfriend at the time liked her. So somehow she dropped, because I couldn't drive. My girlfriend had to drop me off. And, uh, and this woman was really nice. And my girlfriend got along with her. And then, and then my girlfriend thought it would be good if I saw her in private practice. Spending my money. Wow. As, like, like, I don't need that. And she's like, Bob, you need somebody to talk to. And I was like, no, I'm going to drunk driving school. I don't want to see the hippie lady on top of the two days a week. Yeah, <laughs> and I was in private practice with her. She was really yeah. cool. Mahoney, her name was. Marianne Mahoney or something like that. I don't know. I just know that's funny because she was talking about tiptoeing through the tulips or some hippie <laughs> shit like that. And I'd rather be fucking dead. <laughs> that's what you, I think you said. That. I'd rather be fucking dead. Yeah, it was just, I, was, I was not at that spiritual place yet. Your attitude is horrible, young <laughs> I, man. I've always had a bad attitude. You're cantankerous. I got told in third grade I had a bad attitude. <laughs> With a uh. nun. Because when we did first uh, communion... I kept telling everybody, it's just still a wafer. It's all bullshit. And, and these little kids have believed it. They were so bummed out. Like, I go, dude, it's a fucking cracker. It didn't get changed into the body of Christ. 
And because I ran the show at my school, everybody was kind of scared of me. So when it, when we did our first communion, we did it, you know, we, when we started getting the groove and doing the communion before school, the first couple of times I would take the wafer out of my mouth and I got back to the thing and I'd scare the other kids with it. Like, Ooh, body of Christ, body of Christ. That's what I was doing in third grade. So to say I had a bad attitude, but was it my parents' fault? This is the, the, the question that was asked with Miss Mahoney when I was in therapy in 86 in every rehab I ever been in and all the fucking talks and all that is it the parents fault that the kid is antisocial or narcissistic or a drug addict or whatever. I don't think it is. I don't. I think, I think society and the, the way that we grow up in America is the real contributor. The competitiveness of American education. The, there's just so many things about America that are wrong, Right the institutionalization of education, the everybody fall in line, like the wall, like Pink Floyd, that kind of Western European institutionalization of education. It has no place for people like me. It has no place for people like you. It has no place for people like Mike. It has no place for anybody that thinks outside the lines. Right. Right? So Einstein, of all people, flunked out of school. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I did. You he know, was I, a horrible student. Einstein, people. So when your kids fucking up at school, don't get so bent out of shape and rush them off to a therapist. Because I think therapy is the thing that makes victims out of so many. I really do believe that. Yeah, therapy. Absolutely. What is the quote on that, Mike Mart? <laughs> what <laughs> we, is it? We, we heard a we heard a thing on the radio on the way over here and dang it i'm not gonna be able to remember so parents the social norms i think are a big contributor as to why there's so many drug addicts and you brought the suggestions for successful parenting and i yes. thought we'd just run down the list and a give a yay list. or nay chuck so okay. this is what parents are given in rehab uh, that- you know what i picked that up somewhere along the way in one of God, the there's last 32 rules right away i don't there's I too can't, many i can't keep up with 32 rules but no. let's go through the beginnings of them what kevin hart oh kevin hart yeah what did he say about parenting <laughs> yes if it's real information you don't need therapy to process it because uh, howard stern was going Man, I'm surprised you're not fucked up. Don't you need therapy? And he goes, why do I need therapy to process real information? <laughs> Stuff happened. Stuff happened. Big deal. Next. Yeah. And that, Next. That's, you know, that's, that was the prior generation's uh, way of parenting. And then we also, right? we also discussed the fact, you know, there are some people that stuff happened that's just hellacious but for the most part most of us just need to stand up lick our wounds and move on yeah like the the willful neglect like the being raised by a nanny is a new one because so many kids in malibu rehabs were raised by nannies so they the therapists invented a uh abandonment uh component which is uh willful neglect or something where your mommy wasn't there with you some other stranger was there with you are you fucking kidding me anyways successful uh parenting this is a list that chuck uh brought in number one be kind and loving to yourself that you so that you can be kind and loving to your child the parent's second the parent's sound self-esteem is an essential requirement for in in calculating sound self-esteem this is just ridiculous is any parent gonna even understand the language i, but I like it's, calculating be good for, it's a good word be good to yourself take care of yourself here's what i think kids kids do what you do 
right? Mm-hmm. Parents don't want to hear this because kids want them to do something else. So Elvis, though I hate video games, right? And I've been on a war against video games with him for years, right? But he likes them. But no, but he's just mimicking what I do. What do I do when I get home? I turn the TV on. It's the same thing. Ah. It's a way of tuning out. People don't want to recognize that their kids are a reflection of themselves. So if they're fucked up, they're fucked up. But, but are they only solely fucked up? You know, I meet so many kids that are awesome. They're assholes, but they're awesome. They're bright. They're, they're artistic. They're funny, right? Mm-hmm. And the parents just want to label them bipolar and drug addict because they can't appreciate the good things about their kids, right? Who cares? But, but this thing that goes on in the parenting of addicts these days, like be good and get sober and I'll love you and I'll be like, fuck that. If you don't love them, don't love them. Tell them to get the fuck out. That, that's, I, I'm just so sick of the charade that goes on as parenting in this country. Like, you know, were there times where I didn't like my kid? Yeah. Are there times when I don't like Elvis? Yeah. Yeah, well, why are parents too chicken shit to admit that? I think that's one of the things on there, though. Is it is it is it not liking them, or is it not liking the behaviors that are happening? Because the behaviors are changeable. No, there is certain things that that are instilled in our society. Greed being one of them, right? Okay, you can see greed in your children at six years old. You can see sloth in your children at six years old. Well, right. You can see carelessness and inconsideration in your children at six years old you can see it that's a characteristic that is a characteristic within our society you know i'll I'll say it time and time again yeah my my and there are things that i don't like about what's inside my child it was instilled in our society and nobody wants to look at our society clearly schizophrenic people are thrown into the street in Los Angeles every day to poo themselves, walk around psychotic talking to themselves, and people ignore them. That is in our fucking children. Mm -hmm. And you want to say, oh, I love my child, but I don't like his behaviors. Our society is sick. Is that not a fact? You know, I just heard somebody say something like that the other day where they were saying they, they, they've become a New Yorker because they were capable of walking over the crazy person in the street there was and a not person looking at, dead. at them twice. There was a person dead in downtown Los Angeles and thousands and hundreds of people walked past it because they just thought he was passed out drunk. We have become anesthetized to what it, we are as a people. Right. We have 56,000 children going to sleep out in the street tonight or in a rescue mission in Los Angeles. That's crazy. Go to San Julian Street at 5 o'clock and watch. And if you don't cry, it's because you've been desensitized by this disgusting, sick society that we live in. Right? And so when I see it in Elvis, I see it in myself. Elvis is is a reflection of me and his mom and his step-parents. That's what he is. The idea of telling, identifying something that we can fix about him to make ourselves feel better, that's bullshit. You can start being different yourself, and that's why I like this first rule. Start being different yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? And stop 
attaching outcome to your adult children. They're either going to get it or they're not going to get it. And you're either going to ignore it or you're going to hyper-focus on it. Right? Right. No, no. Yeah, there's... All the shit that's taught in rehab is not true. That's my take. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty broad. <laughs> well, they, they just that that was psychobabble speak that you said. Well, do you like his behavior? Or do you not like him? I don't think I, so. How do you separate <clears throat> greed? Because that's not a behavior. Greed isn't a, a, a the specific symptom, behavior. The the behavior is is based in greed. So when somebody slaps somebody and takes something from them, right? You're going to say, because you're brainwashed by rehab, that that's a bad behavior, but that's a good child. No, we've got to start accepting that our children have the ingredients of our society, of us, and that's why they're sick. Because our society is sick and we are sick. And unless we change ourselves and then come together to change our society, which I don't think could ever happen with as sick a society as we have, ever. It's only going to get worse. Hmm. There, how many more schizophrenic people can we dump out on the streets of Los Angeles? You see it every day. Go to Santa Ana tonight. Oh, I know what's See the people sleeping Mesa. on the streets. Yeah, Go Mesa along Santa the Santa Ana, Santa Ana River yeah. and the 57 freeway. Is that America? The greatest country in the world? Oh, no. They keep pulling dead people out of the um, river trail by our house, too. They, you know. It's, it's got to stop. We, as a people, need to heal individually. Stop trying to heal our kids. Heal ourselves. That's why I love this rule. Have self-love. Be righteous. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, I think that, that this is why I have a hard time with that. Because I have, there's a, like with my little guy... I haven't seen any of that. He's, you know, developmentally. Well, when he, when you guys left here a couple of Sundays ago, mm-hmm. right? I, I, oh, I don't want to say this on there. I hope nobody hears this. Uh, <laughs> I said, God, I wish we could switch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, because this is so hard to deal with sometimes. And your, <laughs> your kid's such an angel. I just love him. <laughs> Oh, I just you, wanted but, to sweat. You know, <laughs> just for a week. Like, like, don't they have a Disney movie about that? Yes, they, yes, they do. Okay. But, and I'm sure that we would grow frustrated by the things you guys find trying or whatever. Well, right? First of all, kids always act better with the people that aren't their their folks anyway. I mean, no matter who <laughs> Why the kids is that? are, they they know how to behave. They just don't because that, we're sick. The parents are okay, sick. But there's a perfect example of the behavior, not the child. Because if they can act good with me, I used to get that with my sister's kids, or she would do it with mine. Where she, when she, they were with her, the, the boys wouldn't fight. My older boys, when they were with her, they wouldn't fight the way they did when they're at home with me, because it was a behavior and not an actual thing. But anyway, what the point was is with with Bug, I want to take credit for. His behavior, because his behavior is great. He's a gentle little guy who's just great. But that's not, I don't think it's anything we've done other than we haven't modeled violence or ugliness in front of him. I think it's just who he is. I think that's just the, the that's true just nature him. of people. I just think that's his nature. But I've, I've thought that of Elvis. And one thing that I believe is a, this is going to really get in a weird area. But I think school. And the peer thing, I'll give you an example. Elvis never cut his hair. 
who's a beautiful free spirit, always outside, always having fun, always playing with butterfly, uh, uh, ladybugs and lizards and riding his tricycle around the desert house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Three weeks at uh, Wonderland School in Laurel Canyon with all the Range Rovers and all the hipster parents. He wanted his hair cut because people were calling him a girl. He was being picked on, right? Mm-hmm. I saw him change. That's environmental. That is ugly. That is our society, That sir. is ugly, yeah. So, so, and I watch it because the super celebrities kids go there. I watched how the parents treat the super celebrities. I saw how they marginalized my kid, right? Mm-hmm. They started to look differently at his mom and I, huh. right? Because our kid was acting out, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's getting picked on. Now, I'm not a victim. I don't care. I pulled him out of the school and got him in a better school, whatever. But I have the luxury of that because I work in the recovery industry. <laughs> but, yeah. but the fact is that should not be because everyone there is educated in education, loves children, wants to help. And I felt like we're not being helped here. We're being marginalized by the, by the moms. A lot, my ex-wife is very young and most of the moms were twice as old as her. So wow. that sounds like it, Big Little Lies. Did you ever see that movie? It, is, it was exactly <laughs> like that TV show. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it isn't a movie, huh? It was a miniseries, and it was. But that sounds like what you're but describing. But now, but now we found a community more that's mixed working class and much better, and it's a much better school, and he's much more well adapted there, and he hasn't been in the trouble or having the problems he was having at the other school. You shouldn't have to do this in America. All schools should be great. All schools should be wonderful, and mm-hmm. all schools should be the parents rising up to the higher self for their children, but they don't. And so that's why I love this first statement. Heal yourself, man. You're not going to be able to fix your kid if you're all fucked up, right? So I love this first rule. Second rule, not so crazy about. Remember, your child does not have the same awareness as you. Oh, really? <laughs> Do parents need to be told that? I really, think a six-year-old so. and a fifty-six-year-old don't have the same awareness. <laughs> That's a good one. This is the one you like now. Number three: Be ever aware that your child is not his actions; that he is not bad because his he behaves. Other, other than the, like that's the thing you said. We were when talking I said, about yeah. that. Yeah. So, so let me tell you something. A magical thing happened last week, and I videotaped it. We have nests growing in the main house, and because it's got an overhang. I went to water the plants. I water one of the plants over there. It, like this is at seven in the morning and there's a little baby bird in there. I'm like, holy oh, fuck. I saw that. I holy saw that. fuck. Right? You saw the video, yeah. right? So I know not to touch it because the mom might kill it, right? So I get a towel. I scream for Chrissy. We get a little thing. We put it inside there. And it's flapping and flying. I thought it was hurt. It was not hurt. And it's flapping and flying. So then I said, I'm just going to put it back up in the nest. Maybe it just fell out of the nest. Put it back up in the nest, holding the towel so no human scent got on the bird, right? We went inside and watched. And the mom and dad came. And basically, they didn't push it out of the nest like is the myth. They just stood there inspiring the bird to jump out of the nest. You could tell. And they were flying away to show him how to do it. How to do it. And he did it, and he fell flat on the fucking cement again, and they came right next to him. That's the videotape you've seen. Mm -hmm. He fell into a ditch. They didn't drag him out of it. (laughs) They just stood around, right? Right. And they did it all day. And then a miracle happened that I couldn't videotape because it was down in the field. 
other birds that weren't the parent of that bird came. Other species of bird came and were all around the bird trying to inspire it to fly. And it did. That's so cool. We need to be those birds, people. We ah, need to, that's the baby we birds. Need to, we need to do that. We need to be healthy ourselves. Let our kids learn. Be supportive of other parents whose kids are learning those lessons, not marginalize those parents as bad parents or bad kids. We need to all stand united. We need to not be ashamed that our kid's not flying right away. Because mm -hmm. you could tell, like, this went on for hours, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> the parents never got frustrated. They just kept doing the same thing, bouncing around it when it would land on the ground, and then flying away, and then flying back. This is what and you do. flying away. This is how you do it. This You're, is how you so do it. so lucky you don't have a cat. Oh, I know. And I was so scared. Like, once it went down in the gully, I went down there and I was going to rescue it. And I felt like, I'm a helicopter parent of the birds. I'm being exactly like the parents of my kids in my rehab. Mm -hmm. The birds knew what to do. It wasn't wrong to kick the bird out or inspire the bird. And it wasn't a bad thing that he fell on the cement repeatedly. It's how you learn how to fly. Mm -hmm. We have a generation of children who are now adults that were n are not allowed to learn how to fly because we're scared they're going to die or they're going to be prostitutes or they're going to never amount to anything or without our intelligence and our influx of opinion, they will never learn how to fly. And they're not flying and they're turning 25 and 27 and 30 and 32 and 35. Then I have a question. I have a question for you. And this, this came up the other day during a conversation and it goes back to your uh, bringing up that the ki our kids do their best. They appear to be their most functional and do their best thinking almost when they're using. Oh, the adult kids. Yeah. The adult not kids. Our little no, no, not, not, guys. not, 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 not six or guys. seven year old. No. Because I'm stuck on the little guys. I, I want you to know that I think I think from the minute that you are indoctrinated into the society, which is kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, you become hyper aware of the societal norms. That some kids are bad. Elvis will constantly talk about bad kids, good kids. That comes from the smart adults. Smart kids, dumb kids. Smart kids, fat, dumb kids. Fat kids, strong They're, kids, You know what? Yeah. We live in a political correct society, so nothing physical is ever <laughs> talked about. No, I'm, I'm, not being, I'm not being funny. They never say people are ugly. They never say people are uh, different ethnicity. They never say people are um, overweight. They always use words like dumb, smart, good, bad, these are words they learn from parents and societal mm. norms. So, and parents don't say black or fat or this or that. They say, good, you could be a good boy. Don't be a bad boy. So they mimic what the adults teach them. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No, you know, this, this is crazy because I, I just was uh, talking to a guy who's Vietnamese and... He's, he's, right away, I think he's smart. But <laughs> now, now this is 
because I'm racist. And and he is, but he, but he but, right. But he's he's an anger management guy. Why are all the kids in in the four point three grade average in the advanced classes in LA Unified School District Asian? Because I'll Asians you, raise their children I'll differently. That's exactly where I was going. Is that I said, okay, you know what? I've I've met your friends that are that are even gangsters at night, but they do well in school. I said, how is it that you guys manage that? And he said, well, whenever we have family get-togethers or neighborhood get-togethers, there's a community. Right. And that community, when it gets together, says, my kid's doing this. And if your kid's doing poorly, it's an embarrassment. And it's you want to make your family proud. They want to make their parents proud because their parents are the ones bringing but them see, up. The, but the first generation's uh, immigrants know how to succeed. I don't think multi-generational Americans know how to succeed anymore. I think that's part of the Trump phenomenon. I think he's second... I think has but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I when do. you're that close to immigration to America, you're hyper aware of what you need to do to succeed. I think there are huge pockets of the United States, including here in Los Angeles, that aren't aware of what you need to do to succeed. Right? Or, they don't think and, success matters. And they don't have matters. the hunger for it. They yeah. don't think success matters. Right. I guarantee you, immigrants know especially in the Asian communities, know that excellence in education is paramount to success in this society. Mm -hmm. I don't think the, the natives or the people that have been here multi-generationally know that anymore. They think like, oh, well, you know, try to do your best, whatever. You go well, to junior college, whatever. It's permeated his, his life because even his friends... I mean, his friends that are they're they're younger. Uh, I can't give you ages, but they're they're teenagers, right? And they they do they go, oh man, how'd you do on that test? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. If they didn't do well, they're embarrassed to tell their friends. They're not walking around going, you know what, dude? You, you know what the kids in Lower Canyon, the parents in Lower Canyon do? Blame the teacher, blame the school. <laughs> they blame the teacher and they blame the school. Oh man, these these they he, get their kid a tutor. He, no, see he. His whole thing was he would no, rather he would rather you stay why up. There's a difference. Yeah, there's he would rather stay up all night because it's important to him. His friends no, think it's important. No, just the shame. There's no shame. Right. It's not the kid's fault. It's he, not the kid's fault. He didn't try hard enough. He wasn't prepared enough. We got to get him a tutor. The teacher really wasn't didn't do her job very well. Mm -hmm. I've heard it out of the mouths of other parents. Right. It's, it's got to be their parents because their kids are brilliant. Well, they, yeah, it was just to be a given, right? Dirt. But there's no shame about it. Like, like Elvis is focused on 100%. He loves, he's got OCD, so he wants 100%. He gets a 92 out of 100. He's bummed. I like that. I think that person, that child, is going to grow up striving and wanting to be yeah. excellent. Mm -hmm. But when parents step in, and their kid didn't do well on something, and they blame the school or blame the teacher, or just all he needs is a tutor, rather than there's something fundamentally wrong in the child that, that doesn't even care about school, right? right. So a tutor's not going to help. Tutor's just, because I know the tutoring situations, I mm -hmm. sponsor a tutor, and I have, know the tutor world, Chrissy was a tutor, right? They just do the work for the kids and take the 50 bucks. Nice. They don't teach them. You can't teach a, a kid who doesn't want to learn how to learn. Right. No, no, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, anyway, so, so there is 
societal norms that I think poison our children on a certain level. I think we as as we uh, as adults and parents in the society are sick and we can't even see it really, right? Mm-hmm. Obsessed with financial gains or worried about stressing about money, all this kind of stuff, right? When I came in here last the, tonight and the floors were wet, I was like, holy fuck, you know what I mean? I can I can have something like that ruin my day. Like I don't care. What matters is my kids. We'll get the fucking thing fixed. Whatever. For those those of you that don't know, we're sitting in a room in my house that's flooded and stinks like mildew (laughs) it's moist like a swamp (laughs) we got the windows open and the fan going my wife wanted me to make sure we prefaced all this with yes we're parents and yes we've made a ton of mistakes she said she said don't you dare go on there and pretend you know how to be a parent (laughs) but (laughs) you know that false modesty too you know what people do know how to parent i have a couple friends their kids have never been in trouble their kids are genteel and and I I think you can't fake what your sons are, and I mean your grown sons too. They're thoughtful. They're polite. They are respectful. You know what I mean? Probably not to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people but seem to like because them. I deal with uh-huh. thousands and thousands of kids every couple months, right? I meet. I was just with six of them this morning, right? I meet everybody's kids from all across the country. And you can tell people who were raised right just by, they shake your hand, they look in your eye, they say, Mr. Forrest, I've been wanting to meet you, you're Bob, I've been wanting to meet you. They're just respectful. Kids that were not raised right are not respectful. Right? So you can't just say all parents make mistakes. No. Some people know how to raise children right, for the most part, and a whole lot of people don't. Right, and that's not tied to any economic background. That's just a general thing. I I see it every day. Mm. Right, I have kids that sit in my groups with hoodies on and get up and walk outside and whatever, and and just disrespectful. That's their parents. Their parents didn't raise them right. Right, they just didn't. They didn't raise them right. Now, I'm saying that the society is a big contributor to how sick our children are. I believe it. Yeah. We have video games that are about killing. Call of Duty should be outlawed. It should be banned in the United States. Oh, Grand, it is the, the Grand of, Theft Auto was so much. Oh my God. It, I, I can't. Okay. I've never seen Call of Duty, so I can't speak to it. Call of Duty is you're a soldier and you shoot and murder people all day long. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> like who doesn't? <laughs> you know. Oh, so no. here's a good one that that so. See that, see that he takes, see, this is misogynist. You only have he well, children. That, well, usually when you're speaking about babies, it's a she, and then he is an older child. See that he takes as much responsibility for his own life and well-being as his current age and awareness are permit or is appropriate, right? Right. So this works both ways. I can tell you something that I'm bad at. Elvis is way above his age, right? He's not age appropriate. Elvis can talk to you about, real adult stuff right okay it's peculiar that's how i was as a kid that's how his mom was as a kid right so is it in the genetics and is there something as a parent you can constantly be on guard against to avoid encouraging that and keep reminding him i'll give you an example elvis will talk about trump Elvis will talk about, (laughs) elvis can talk to you about the white stripes elvis can talk to you about sophisticated shit right Okay. He, 
he can talk to you about, you know, things that I talk about. He mimics a lot of times, but he comprehends it, right? He understands divorce. He understands babies. He knows where babies come from, not literally how they're made, but where they come from. He's pretty, pretty sophisticated little six-year-old, right? But bring him to show his sister it's a small world, and you see how old he really is and where he is, where he should be. The joy that he, he wasn't watching, because I, I tricked him to go on it. He wants to go on Haunted Mansion and Star Wars and whatever, way sophisticated games. And he wants to play a video game that's for 16-year-olds called Little Mont Nightmares, right? You were here. Uh, oh, yeah. Huh? We, it's been banned at our house now because I saw it. So, 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 <laughs> go so but when he was on, when he was on, it's a small world. And the only way I got him to go on it was to say it's going to be Sydney's first time on It's a Small World. He was in awe. He was six years old again. How he should be. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, that's bad parenting on my part because I've not encouraged it. But when a kid is so sophisticated, you start to talk to him like he's that, he comprehends that stuff. And not that he's six and five years old. You know what I mean? Right. And so, yeah, no. so this, this is a real uh, touchy point for me. See that... He takes responsibility for his own life and well-being at his current age and awareness permit. So I go the other way. I've encouraged my, both of my older ch- my sons that talk to them in ways and, and I, I, what is it called? I, I, what is the word? Where you're, you're raising them up. You're talking to them like they're much older than they are. Even at, thir- like I remember at 13, 14, and you probably fell into this with your older kids, I would cuss at my son, right? Yeah. Go, Don't well, fucking talk yeah, to me like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's absolutely. not appropriate to talk to a 13-year-old that way. Yeah, but, but I, when you yeah. do, what do they do? Now it's appropriate. Now right, it's a yeah. fucking We put it on the forth. table. It became, we put it on the table, yeah, yeah. right? And so then when he says, I don't give a fuck what you think, and I say, hey, buddy, <laughs> you're fucking in trouble. Mm-mm. I'm the one that caused him to say that. Right. By, by lowering the bar and rising him up to, as an equal at 13. So when he was 15, said he didn't give a fuck what I thought. That was not his fault that he said that. I had opened the, the door to say that two years before. Mm-hmm. Right, and we told him he can't talk like you. you don't get to talk like that till you're an adult. You don't get to talk like that to me. <laughs> you can talk like that to your kids, but I'm your dad. So, so I just think it's really important to think about. Yeah, we do have some some component of of you know our children, but I don't think our children are bad. I don't. I I've yet to meet. I've met a couple of sociopaths in my life. Right. Yeah. So I met a serial uh, child uh, abuser. Right. Twenty-three-year-old kid. Twenty-three-year-old guy. I mean. Nah. I mean, but for the most part, everybody, everybody, all the kids that everybody says are bad or whatever, losers or whatever, they're funny. They're cool. They're they're like inquisitive. (laughs) They're inquisitive. They're they're you know. Well, your son, I've dealt with him a lot. He's ambitious. You know what? You know how hard it is to find a millennial with an ambition your son has? Well, he's moving forward right now, too. Actually, life is Come going on, right with Chuck, him. Come on, Chuck, embrace it. Life is going well with, with he's him right an amb- now. He's ambitious. You know, sober or not, which I don't know where he is with that, but his life is improving. And that's what I'm concerned with is their, their happiness 
and their health. It doesn't matter. Well, the happy's overrated. Uh, no, no. There's a contentedness that well, keeps people from wanting to, you know, just to be able to wake up and be okay with who you are is what I, you know, because it took me a long time to get to that point where I could wake up and be okay. Knowing my faults, knowing my shortcomings, my limitations, and my strengths, being honest about it, and being okay with all that. That's what I hope someday they find. Well, here's the thing. My dad was a... He was a guy I loved. I, I loved him. He had a lot of faults, right? A lot of, lot of rough edges. But he was just the greatest guy. And I am kind of a 21st century version of him. Kind right? of the I greatest lot, guy? Huh? Kind of the greatest. No, I'm a person who enjoys life. Yeah. I enjoy people. True. I, I, when I get up in the morning, I can't wait to get going. That's how my dad was, right? My dad was alcoholic. He was... Um, he had a loveless marriage. He was a little too stern with my sisters. He was always nice to me because I was his boy and all that. But, but this idea that the, ba- the old generation was so bad at parents, guess what? Me and my sisters turned out all right. With a no, racist yeah. alcoholic, with a racist alcoholic, uh, 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 stern, larger than life, guy who any dr spock and all the parenting fucking witnesses would say that guy is a horrible fucking parent well guess what his kids turned out all right Mm -hmm. guess what really good parents that are doing really good things for their children and doing everything dr spock said their children are train wrecks something's got to give chuck yeah my thing is it's not the parenting the parenting is a contributing factor, but it's not the whole. Our society is so, it's so much a part of who people become, right? Greed, greed is something that I find fascinating, right? Mm-hmm. This is the greediest society in the world. We throw away more food in this country than, than most countries consume. We throw it away. We're just disgusting in our consumption, right? Okay. If the entire you know, it's the entire planet had as many motor vehicles as the United States does per capita, all of the Earth's surface would be covered in cars. Where are you getting those facts? It's true. That's terrible. It's true. If the if, if every if so if China if the Chinese lived like Americans the entire if everyone lived like Americans. The entire Earth's surface would be covered in cars and cement. Okay. Right. I don't know. I don't know that. That's a that's a horrible thought. We're five percent of the world's population, right? Right. I guess. Yeah. That, that, we, that's take, we take we take fifty percent of the world's medicine, right? We consume a huge amount of the world's energy, right? We control a huge, huge, huge amount of the world's wealth. One little country, five percent. Right? So greed is at the essence. It's in the bone marrow of American life. So when you see it in your kids, when they want more, they want more. That's a thing that comes on more, 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 more. They want more of whatever they want. Elvis right now wants more YouTube time. Right? I'm sure your kids want more. They want a better job. They want more money. They want a nicer house. They want more. They want a nicer car. This more, 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 this greed that's at the, it's at the, center of everything in our society right happiness is not everybody talks about happiness and nobody does anything to achieve it how you achieve happiness 
is to have equanimity. I would rather the word equanimity be talked about than happiness. Because everybody just gives lip service to happiness and nobody's okay, happy. Okay, but I can't even spell equanimity. Equanimity so, is balance. Is balanced. that with horses? It's balance. It's balance. <laughs> so okay. I have to work. My, I try to have balance. I have to work in order to provide. I work three days a week, really hard, 12 hours straight. I don't stop. Okay. I'm constantly, even when I'm at home, I'm working kind of managing things, right? So that I can be with my family four days a week. That's important. So many Americans are spending 12, hour, 12 hours a day, five days a week, sometimes six days a week, just either to make ends meet, I understand that, then why did you allow yourself to get into that position in life? You should re-educate yourself. Go back, get a master's degree. Raise your income so that you don't have to work so hard. If you're working hard, re-educate yourself. I talk to uh, soldiers right now have a great opportunity at education. I tell all the guys that I talk to in Wounded Warriors, we got a Wounded Warriors program in Malibu. Tell them like, Go, take advantage of this. I don't care that you got PTSD. I don't care, you know, you got to take advantage of this. You have this huge opportunity to get an education, to get into a field that you will be comfortable and can provide for your family for 40 years. It's right now, these two to four years. Invest in it now. Don't put it off. Don't give up. Don't just become, go into security. Get, become a psychologist. Become a doctor. Do something, Right? Because so, so the people that are, that are working their asses off to stay afloat, I understand. You can also go to nursing school at night and become a nurse and double your, your, uh, your uh, potential income, right? So you don't True. have to work so yeah. hard your whole life, right? Yeah. So there's that component for that working people. But most people don't have to work as much as they do. They choose to work as much as they do. Really? So they can go to Hawaii in the summer so they can have a nicer car so that they can live in a nicer house in a nicer neighborhood and they spend no time with their children. Oh, no, I, I don't understand that. Do you understand what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've so seen it. So it's the choices I've seen we're it. making. Right. It's, a, it's the choices we're making. I've made a choice. Like, I worked my ass off and I wasn't around for Elijah and I regret that, mm -hmm. right? I regret it because it's my drug addiction that got me into that spot when he was eight and nine moved in with me where I had to work 70 hours a week just to have a house and a car and food, right? Because I made like $12 an hour at 40 years, 35 years old, right? Mm -hmm. So I missed out on all shit I should have done with him. By the time I got home, I was so exhausted, right? I didn't spend a lot of time with him. I don't want to make that same mistake with my kids now. I don't. So do I live in Los Angeles in a fancy house in the Hollywood Hills? No. I live in Claremont in a fucking house that... that is the price of an apartment in Los Angeles because I want my kids to run around. I want to have fun and I want to see birds flying out of nests and I want to live <laughs> yeah. with my, I want to be you with my kids. You want to live kids. the life? You wanna, but every yeah. parent can do this. You don't have to always blame your circumstance on why you can't be a parent. Do you understand right. what I'm saying? No, especially when the circumstance is usually through a series of your own decisions that you continue to make over and over. I, I, you know, so many parents are doing this new thing. My friend Allison and her husband. So, so you choose who's the better, better breadwinner and you back that one. And the other person stays home and takes care of the kids. And then you try to make time as a family. So a lot of my friends 
wives are lawyers for some reason, right? <laughs> and the dads who had dead. careers and had careers making a certain amount of money, the idea was let's lower our overhead and have the dads stay home with the kids. And it's so rewarding. Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat if, if, if we could. I would. But I don't want to live in Arizona. Um, Arizona's where a lot of people live. Yeah, it's 130 degrees during the day. I can't do it. But, you know, there, we've, we've done a lot. We, I, I think that that's the one thing we, we've done right this time around well, with, with Bug is we have a lot of time and our free time is spent with him. There's so many cool free things to do oh, yeah. if you want to do it with kid. I mean, all he wants Dude, is, you just get he, out here in the patio. All he wants is a rocks. all he wants is a park <laughs> or just be outside. Hey, let's go ride bicycles. Let's go do this. It's so simple. Do you know all the toys that Elvis has in his room? You guys are here. Yeah. Playing, right? Oh yeah. All those were bought five years ago. Half of Sydney's stuff is old Elvis shit. That's when I was living in Hollywood. Da 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 da. Had a TV show. Blah blah blah. Buy more shit. Buy more shit. I haven't bought a new thing for Elvis in two years, probably. It's all shit from fucking years ago. And then, then we dug through it and picked out all the good stuff and just gave it to Sydney. Sydney wears Elvis's <laughs> clothes. <laughs> good. She doesn't know. She's a fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> and Elvis will look at her sometimes and go, that's my shirt. <laughs> no, it, it was. It was. It's actually daddy's shirt. I bought it. So, so this is just the parenting tips. And listen, there should be no shame. We, we make mistakes. But I think this idea that the parents dictate the outcome of the kids, that I just don't believe. I think there's a lot of contributing factors. I think our poor education system, our societal greed and selfishness and narcissism, I think it all plays into it, right? So the parents don't own whole responsibility. But when the kids are adults and you haven't kicked them out of the nest and told them and showed them, you know, and the birds, when they were doing it with the bird, what are they doing? They're going, you go to work, you get in your car and you go to work and you come back. You go to work and you come back and you go to the grocery store and you clean up after yourself. And you right. do all this shit that adult kids are being tried to be taught for the 900th time by their parents. Stop, parents. Tell them to hit the road. They will learn how to fly. Right? Yeah, they have to. And I that okay, that's right. Where, that's right where we left off with the other thing, is that do you think um, that it's possible that if our, if our young adult, our adult children, do do their best self maintenance when they're using? Do you think that's because that's when we give them the space? Yeah, they ha they don't have to account to the adult to the parents because the parents have finally stepped back and allowed them to learn yeah, for themselves. Yeah, little brief moments for a week or two. So right? so it, it's not it, it it's partially because they're in that state, but it's also because the parents have given them room to allow them to be accountable for themselves. So they've had to listen. I'm going to say something I said to my sister, and I don't know when 1999 or something. She was one of these first generation chasing her kid all over the world. You know, oh, he can't do it. He's at a motel. I got to go get him. He's on drugs. Bobby, can you do something? Blah, blah, blah. Going to Narnon all the time. Taking cakes at Narnon while she's driving her son to parole office every morning because he won't nice. go if you, drive, if you don't drive him there. Right? Okay. So it just went round and round for years and years and years. And I was arguing with her. He had robbed them and... and uh, and he was still living in their house, though he'd robbed them. <laughs> like, it's this madness that we see every day in yeah. the attic population. 
And Ida said, Susan, he's got to go. You've got to. He's gone now. You need to call a locksmith right now and change the locks. And I will stay here with her husband. And we will tell him when he pulls up, you come back here. I'm calling the police. Right? And she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Like, Why? Bobby, he's going to die. He'll die. Wow. And I said, I got so angry at my sister. And I said, Susan, he's going to die in this fucking house. You've got to listen to me. And she wouldn't, and she asked me to leave her house. Three months later, he was found, she found him dead in his bed, that he had had that bedroom his whole life. I remember when they brought him home from the hospital and brought him into that room. I remember the day that they took him out of that room in a black bag, right? He can die in your house. Parents who are codependent with your children, what do you think you're preventing? This fear that if they go out into the world, they'll die. They'll die in your house. They'll die yeah. with money you gave them to buy dope with. You don't have say over whether they live or die. I know that's such a harsh thing, but I said it to my own sister. She didn't listen to me, and he died. Right? Yeah. Parents can't yep, hear yep. it. They're, you're going to save your kid? You're going to save him? When all the, everybody else in the whole society, when, when birds push their babies off of high places to teach them how to fly. You're somehow better than nature. You're somehow better than everybody else is telling you to do. You're <laughs> going to rescue your 30-year-old kid from death of drugs. It's, it's naive. And rehabs aren't going to tell them because they're like, no, 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 yeah, you keep it up, you keep it up. You know, promise. Here's the new thing for rehabs. Tell them you won't pay for drugs. I know that I, I actually might have said this to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll tell you if it's okay. a Bobby quote. Okay, don't give him any money. Don't pay his fucking cell phone bill. Don't give him a dime, but give him a pathway to get help. I'm saying now even harsher. Don't even worry about the pathway to get help. It's up to them. They're 26 years old. They're 30 years old. They're 34 years old. They're 22 years old. They know where to get help. And if they right. don't, then, then you haven't even taught them how to use the yellow pages. No, I, I, I give, I, I, I've given away uh, NAF's phone number I don't know how many times. Yeah. I, I take a picture. Well, no, the new one I got, because I got a bunch of people in the American Hospital still open. Dude, I no. got the direct American Hospital line. You get on the waiting list, Right. You remember the place in Pomona? Yeah. It's still open. I thought you said it closed. No, I thought it closed. It's huh. like 100 bed, 40 bed detox. Really? County funded. Get on the waiting list and go to American Hospital, people. But, but see, the point being, the kids can function when you're allowing them to use in those intermediate periods until you're giving them a pathway back to treatment. I say cancel their health insurance. Seriously. Miss, cancel their health insurance. Take away insurance. their credit card. And take away their credit card. What's, what, you know, I know it's harsh. I know I'm crazy and I know I'm going to get criticized a lot, but something's <laughs> got to give. Yeah, something, something's got to give. Something does, huh? Right? You know, the newest thing is they just go for 10 days to all the different rehabs with their credit card, insurance cards. Right. Yeah. They go for 10 days because they know it, a treatment plan comes into play at 10 days and things are expected of them. And so they just yeah. go from one to the other, 10 well, days, 10 days, 10 days. You know, that's one of the things that, uh, that I've been taught to look out for. Someone that's been in another place and then like say drinking isn't their drug of, you know, they're, they're, they're heroin addicts. And then they drink while they're at that place and then go to another because that's what they'll do a lot of times. The, the, 
the brokers, the brokers will tell them, tell tell them, you know what? All you need to do is drink. You're You're not, you're not going to get strung out. You're still, you're still off your, you're still off your And plus they can't die from drinking. Well, they think they can't, but they can. If you try hard enough, lots of good people have. I tried. Damn, I tried. Well, I got bon, close, man. Bon Scott was trying really fucking hard. Uh, J- John Bonham. Bon John Bonham. Scott. Yeah, those guys are trying hard. Uh, I don't think these 22-year-old millennials are drinking like man, that. Man, I, I tried. I, I wanted. To, I thought that was such a cool way to go. So if you're a parent, we're parents. We've got adult kids. We've got little kids. We're trying our hardest. I don't think it's your fault. I don't think you need to fucking... Also, I don't think you need to chase them around. I think just let it be. And, you know, I, I just always saw it with my older son. Like, I, the fundamentals of survival and intelligence and, and knowing how the world works were there. So if you're so fearful your kid can't figure it out, maybe that's because you didn't give him the the ingredients that he needs to figure it out that's okay too the world will teach him the ingredients yeah we have a police department that will incarcerate them when they break the law mm-hmm. we have a, a ruthless capitalist system that if they can't feed and house themselves they will not have food and they will not have housing right true so so trust the system this is the the, the the system's in place right and if they suffer enough, what, what is the real key to getting sober? Suffering. Pain. Yeah, pain's a great that's motivator. How you, that's how I did it. That's how, me, you know, being called Larry Bird out on the yard really did it for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a rough one. And they're not referring to your legs. By the way, you've got amazing legs, Bob. You should wear shorts more often. Oh, my God. I don't know about that. But I can tell you, I played basketball in high school. Let's go out with the last, the last one. Above all... Keep in mind that sound self-esteem is the most precious gift you can possibly give your child and act accordingly. I know you like that one, Chuck, because you highlighted it. I disagree wholly. Kids have too much self-esteem and not enough how to go get them, right? Too much self-esteem no, these days. Yeah, I must not have had my glasses on because I didn't. That last that. one, the yeah, self-esteem, no, you yeah. highlighted it. So that, that's, my, that's my thing. I think kids have good self-esteem. I think they have too much self-esteem. They think they're smarter than you and me when they enter treatment. Oh, yeah, they are. No, they're totally smarter. Absolutely. I had kids um, tell me, like, well, weed comes from the earth, Bob. Like, you know, it comes from nature. And I said, weed you smoke doesn't come from nature. It comes from Dow Chemical. How fucking, you take biology in school? Of course they didn't. You know what I mean? They don't even know what the word biology means. But they're smarter than me when it comes to marijuana. They'll smoke that weed, but they won't eat GMO freaking corn. (laughs) So we got a strange generation we're trying to help. If you're a parent of one, be like the baby bird's mama. Just let them go and see what happens. Because the baby bird is flying all around. I walked up to the house this morning and the bird, the baby, who's now, the, you know, is a smaller version of the bird, the mom bird, <laughs> just flew right past me. They kind of startle you when they come fucking flying out of those nests because right above your head. But I really saw it as a really a metaphor for what we're not doing with our adult children. Push them out of the nest. Let them fly. They'll fly. They'll figure it out. Something, something will happen. You are, know. are the people in 12-step programs, the little other birds, bouncing around and shouting? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. 
the, the society will will help them. Well, also Officer Flanagan will help them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, I learned a lot from it's police. So funny. I picked up a friend of mine's kid at Santa Ana Jail a couple months ago, and the dad, uh, you know, he was like, "Will you go pick him up?" And I was like, "Dude, are you kidding me?" And he's like, "Come on, I don't want him out there on the street. You know what'll happen." I go, "No, what'll happen?" What'll yeah, what, what will happen? What Dad? will happen when you get kicked out of Santa Ana Jail at 11 o'clock at night? What happens? You go to the 7-Eleven down the street. The Walgreens. Or the Walgreens right there. Yeah. Right? You, you start making calls. I met him at the Walgreens. Right? He wanted McDonald's. I drove down to the McDonald's. Like, what is, what is going to happen? He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have anywhere to go. No, you What's just start happen? walking. If no one will pick you up, you start walking. Yeah, you'll walk somewhere. That's it. Walk to Irvine. <laughs> I've walked, I've walked home from there. It takes a long time. <laughs> to Huntington? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. It's yeah. a long walk from Huntington. To, yeah, from but Santa. you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. So why was it good enough for Chuck and me? And it's, it was probably good enough for you as a parent. And when you were 20, why is it not good enough for your kid? Let him walk. It's going to be okay. Let him go st- sit out in front of... I, many times I stood out in front of McDonald's and just looked pathetic to see if somebody would buy me a hamburger. <laughs> Did they? Sometimes yeah. I got, you know, I would, is there any way you could get me something to eat? I got ignored a lot. Right. But then once in a while, somebody would come back out and give me a Big Mac. Well, that, like, you go in and you ask him, when are you going to throw away the stuff you didn't use? Oh, I'm not, I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm just a beggar. <laughs> it works. Begging works. <laughs> so if a college educated Upper middle class kid became a beggar in front of McDonald's. That was me, Chuck. That's you. Um, why is it not good enough for your kid? <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Seriously. What's so bad about it? That's when, when you take drugs, that's what you end up in front right. of McDonald's asking for a hamburger. That's what you signed up for. That's really at the it. very least. That's what happens. Right. It's not bad. No, you got to swallow that pride and do what you got to do. <laughs> we'll or you could be alone. just a career criminal like Chuck and ask, when are you throwing out the whole restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. Sometimes they How throw stuff out. How did you know out. to do that? Who taught you that? My people. <laughs> my, pe- my, my street family. <laughs> did they really? Yeah. You go to like a place and like, when are you going to get rid of all the stuff you've well, got? Well, yeah, you, you learn. I mean, there's. That's like a Manson family thing. Were you in the Manson family? <laughs> no, but there was a weird group of people. There really was. <laughs> Someday maybe we'll get to that. The but... ancestors of the Manson family? <laughs> you know what? Some of them are doing really well, some of them aren't. Oh, there you go. Well, that's the case with every generation, every group of friends, isn't it? Well, I think so, but this one had a lower success rate than most. <laughs> I often think, just the last final note, I often think, like, the Manson family, my mom was part of the Manson family. She was on the outskirts of the Manson family. Oh, how exciting. That. So, and she, you know, it went on for years. It was on for, like, three years, right? Two, two and a half years, right? Nice. And there was a lot of kids born. There was mm. a lot more girls than just the girls everybody thinks about, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There was a lot of kids born. And they were all taken away by CPS. They're out there. They're out there in the world. I always wonder, like, where are the Manson family kids? They're being led by someone else. So it's for some no, people. No, no, no. They grew up in upper middle class households. I'm sure they got yeah. adopted out of Catholic charities or whatever in LA. Huh. Right? Where did they go? 
I don't know, but I was hoping to see some. You know, I was figuring you hung out with some of them nah, when they talked yeah. to you about McDonald's. <laughs> no. <laughs> Manson's and McDonald's. All right, nope. you guys. See you later. This is the Don't Die Podcast Information Center. <laughs> Nightmare. I can't wait to see the emails of, of how wrong and terrible I am. You're a bad man. Bad. You're not a bad man. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.